Hey, everyone, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And this is part two of my building your best dang website series. And we are talking all about building the best content for your DIY website. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, well, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having a great week. So yeah, let's keep, let's, uh, Let's keep talking about how to build a great website. Uh, if you just came here from the previous episode, welcome. Um, if you didn't just come here from the previous episode, I do recommend going back one episode. In fact, in last week's episode, what are we talking about? Well, we talked about getting organized, getting yourself organized for building your own website. That is a super important first step for building any website. It's the thing that I do as a professional. I don't just kind of dive in because I've got many years experience building websites. No, I get organized too. It is so important. So please don't skip that first step. But in this week's episode, I wanted to talk about the basics of content. Since after you're getting, getting yourself organized, content is the next step. So first off, you might be saying to yourself, well, hey, hold on. Why isn't picking the theme the next step, like the design aspects, like, you know, what the page is going to look like. Why isn't that the, the next step? Well, here's the thing. The content should be what leads. You want to make sure the content looks nice on the page style you're picking and not the other way around. So that's why we talk about the content before we get into the design stuff. So now that I've got that covered, well, let's talk about what the heck I'm talking about for content anyway. You might be like, do you just mean my text? What else do you mean? Well, actually, your content, at least in terms of how I think of it, is all the stuff you're going to put on your website, which is why you need to figure that out first before choosing your theme or your, you know, your, uh, your design. Um, some places call it a template, some call it a theme, some call it other things, but... Before choosing that, you want to look at your content. So your content includes the pages you're going to create, the text that goes on those pages, the photos, including the ones you're going to put in the header, the footer, beside any text on the page, your bio picture, like headshot or that kind of thing, and so on. So all your photos, your logo. If you have a logo, you don't have to have a logo, but you can have a logo. <laughs> Uh, any maps? Do you want a map of your location? Or are you purely online and you don't need a map? Um, are you going to have a booking widget? Um, is there any other feature that you're going to be putting onto your website? So basically all the stuff that tells people who you are, what you do, what they should know about you and how they can book an appointment. <laughs> right? So that's your content. Now I've been creating websites for people for many years, way longer than I've been doing it professionally actually. Like I started creating websites when I was in my teens. And over the years I've seen people fall into a lot of different, well, pitfalls. <laughs> There's no other way to put it really, it's pitfalls. And these are the things that people tend to stumble over when it comes to their website content. So let me give you some tips for creating content that not only makes people want to click on your website, but actually want to stick around long enough to book an appointment because that's the most important part for most of you. 
you know, and if it's not booking an appointment, it's booking in for a class or contacting you to book an appointment or whatever. Ultimately, you want to bring business into your business. You want more clients, right? So that's what we're talking about here. So first and most important with all the I's dotted and T's crossed and everything else, your website is not for you. It is for your potential clients. So wait, you might be saying to yourself, Candice, um, what? My website's mine. It's an advertising piece for my business. It's not their website. I'm building it. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> Absolutely not. You're not wrong. I totally hear you on that. But here's the important part. You need to create your website so it attracts them. You already know about your services. You're not building it to teach yourself about you, <laughs> right? Really, like for real. You don't need need a website for that. At least I hope not. You know, I'm I'm all for self-discovery and learning about yourself. Um, those are that's awesome. Those are important things for us in life. But uh, you don't need a you don't need like to build your own website about you to t for for you to do that, right? Your website is to attract your clients, and because it's to attract clients, you want to build it in a way that it appeals to the clients, that answers questions that they have, that makes them curious to know about more you more about you. That, most importantly, makes it obvious that you can solve a problem that they have. So let me go back a step and let me give you a real world example to make this make hopefully a little more sense to you. Some of you probably already got it. You're probably like, oh, I totally see what you mean. Others, you know, this this might be new and that either way, it's totally fine. You know, um, most people aren't born knowing how to create an effective website. It's like it's a skill. That's why we're doing these website uh, episodes. So so yeah, let, let me take a step back and give you an example. Hopefully this will explain things a little bit better. So say someone, just any someone, injures their arm trying to do an at-home workout. Maybe they were, you know, trying to do burpees for the first time. They've never done them and they injure themselves trying to do one of the push-ups. Common scenario these days, by the way, given, you know, the state of the world, right? So a friend of theirs suggests that they look for a good massage therapist to help them with the injury. Now, Aside, of course, as always, I'm using massage therapy as an example, but you can insert your profession into there, right? Um, you can also insert another scenario where they might be looking for you. So it applies if you teach yoga, you're a chiropractor, you're a nutritionist, whatever. But let's go back to the example. So they've injured their arm. They need help. They're looking for a massage therapist. So they go to Google and they search for a massage therapist local to them. And they find three websites that are local to them. And they open them up to see what looks good. So the first website they find is very spa-like. And it talks about like alternative treatments like hot stone and Reiki and essential oils and that kind of thing. It has that kind of vibe. They don't really talk much about injuries at all. It's just, it's just you know, that kind of vibe. One talks about injuries right on the homepage. And then has some details on how they can help with shoulder and arm and back and leg and so on pain. So they go into specifics. One example right on their website even talks about injuring yourself in a home workout and how they can help you with that. And the third website that this person opens is extremely generic and kind of looks like every other website that maybe they've seen. Like it's not, it's not super appealing. It's just got some basic photos and... Uh, 
It lists every condition under the sun that the person has ever heard of. It doesn't seem to really have anything specific that they do other than just saying like they're a massage therapist. And it talks about many different types of treatments. Like it talks about deep tissue and hot stone and Reiki and and um, doing treatment for postpartum and doing treatment for athletes and doing treatment for this, that and the other thing. And But it has no real focus. It's just talking about many, many different things. The only focus really seems to be that they're a massage therapist. Now... You have an injured arm, specifically. You've never seen a massage therapist in your life. Which website is going to appeal the most to you? I'm guessing a lot of you are probably thinking it's the second one because they've talked specifically about injuries and about at-home workouts and how they can help people if they've hurt themselves trying to do burpees. So here's the thing, right? The first example, the spa run, there's nothing wrong with that website. Well, you know, I mean, it's just a made-up example, but... It's nothing wrong with having that kind of practice. And that website should, would and should attract the people looking for that. Someone looking for hot stones, someone looking for relaxation, someone looking for alternative treatments like Reiki. It just wasn't right for our example client, that's all. But, it, but it'd be perfect for a lot of other people. And the second example, we know that was exactly what the client was looking for. Chances are they're picking up the phone or clicking on the online booking now, right? They're like, oh, that's perfect. They, they actually talk about how they can help people who hurt themselves in, in online workouts. Oh, no, I'm glad that somebody can help me. But the third example, unfortunately, is how most people try to make their website. They try to make it really generic, making sure to list everything they could possibly treat to make sure they don't leave anyone out, so that anyone, anyone should be able to see themselves in the website. But in doing that, unfortunately, they're missing the mark. And in trying to appeal to everyone, they end up appealing to not that many people, to be honest with you. I can't say no one because some people won't mind. Some people will be interested in that website and still book. But it just isn't as appealing as the website that speaks directly to the problem that they have that they need solved. So that's your key. That's what I'm trying to get at here. Your website should focus on the types of clients you want to attract the most so that they see themselves in that website content. The clients that you love working with, the ones that you can help best, that you have the background that really, really works for that. So write your content so it appeals to them. So show how you can specifically solve a problem for them. Make it clear that they found the right place. For example, if you want to work with runners, talk about running injuries and running form and massage post races and all those things that runners are going to say, oh, well, obviously this person understands me. I want to book with them. If you want to appeal to pregnant people and parents and postpartum and that kind of stuff, talk about those issues on your website. Talk about issues, you know, pains and aches and stuff during pregnancy, sleepless nights, both during pregnancy and postpartum, the postpartum period. Maybe you could talk about postpartum depression even and, you know, resources and all those types of things. Difficulties with raising kids, what it's like having the second baby, anything at all that relates to those things. Put, the, put that stuff, as long as you feel comfortable, I guess, within your area of expertise or you have somebody good to refer to, you can put that stuff on your website so that people know they're in the right place. If you want to appeal to stressed out office workers, it's the same idea. Talk about stress. Talk about how your treatments can help relieve stress. You know, talk about all that stuff, office workers, etc. posture whatever. I think you get the idea here. You want to stand out. You don't want to blend in with every other website and make your website look like everybody else's. 
Don't be like example number three. <laughs> so now that I've covered it, let me talk about a few other key things with creating your website content. So number one is how many pages do you need and what should go on those pages? Well, I touched on this a little bit in last week's episode, and I think a lot of people think that you need to have dozens and dozens and dozens of pages with tons of content in order for your website to be effective. I think maybe this comes from this idea years ago, and it was true then, that for SEO, that is search engine optimization, i.e. the Googs, Google, to find you, you know, you kind of did have to put, well, it wasn't that you had to put things on separate pages. It's that a lot of people did it because it was a very effective way to kind of boost your Google ranking, boost your SEO ranking. So people, you know, did that. They created a different page for every single topic and micro topic in order to float sort of higher up in the Google rankings. But I have a few things to say about that. So the first thing is that I want you to keep in mind what I said a second ago. Your website is about your clients, not about you. It isn't, it also isn't for Google. It isn't for a robot. It's for your clients. So focus your content on your clients, not what on a, you know, computer algorithm likes. It's not to say that we ignore SEO, not at all. It's just to say, don't make that the first thing in your mind when you're crafting your content. So I want you to ask yourself this, because this is really the difference here. Do you want to be busy with lots of bookings from random people, some of, many of whom actually in my experience, will only book once because they just found you because you were on the first page of Google and they just wanted a single treatment and then they'll be on their way? Or do you want to actually build up a great list of clients Real clients that will return regularly. They respect you. They respect your time. They respect your expertise. They're interested in you specifically in the treatments that you give and not just the fact that you, you know, you're the massage therapist or, you know, nutritionist or whatever on the first page of Google. They actually like you specifically. Now, if you're in column A, you don't care who books. You just want to make money and you're not too concerned about like who is in your practice. Um, that's fine. You know, uh, if you don't care that, you know, people are going to no show because also when you're, when you're on the first page of Google, you often end up getting more things like no shows and stuff. Cause again, people are just booking with some people just booking with the first one they see. And if they, something else comes up, they don't care. They just don't even show up to their appointment, or at least that's the kind of vibe that we get here in Toronto. You may not get it in other cities or towns, but it's certainly a thing that happens here. I'm very aware of that, you know, and it, it does happen in other cities. But yeah, if you're willing to put up with a higher number of random cancellations, no-shows, people treating you like you're just kind of like a massage or yoga or chiropractic or physiotherapy or whatever robot and not a skilled professional who worked really hard on their skill set in school and professionally, you know, then cool. Like, that is fine. If if all you care about is the money, and that is that is not a judgment on my part, by the way. If really and truly you're not trying to build a private practice, you just want to make money to fund something else in your life, that is totally fine. Um, probably you're on the wrong podcast because my podcast is really about building an you know authentic business that represents who you are and you feel good about it and you love what you do and your clients respect you and that kind of stuff. But uh, 
you know, if you just uh, if you're just looking to book as many clients as possible, you don't really care who those clients are as long as you're making money. Then that's fine. Um, use all those Google SEO tactics, and uh, you'll probably get a fair number of bookings. But if you want to build a steady, great fit practice, full of clients who respect you and your services, who you love to see, like every time, you know, daily you open your you open your uh, calendar and you see who's booked, and most of the time you are overjoyed because those are all great people, and you're looking forward to catching up of, with client number four who was just telling you a hilarious story about her two year old, and then you're looking forward to talking to client number. One, first thing in the morning about how their run went this morning. You're super excited because you know they're training for a marathon, even though none of us have like actual races right now, but because of you know what, but uh, you know, like just that that kind of vibe where like you are excited every day to see your roster of clients because they're all really great, fun people. You love them all, right? And they don't usually cancel last minute. They don't usually argue with you over your fees. They respect your time. They usually give you lots of notice if they have to change their appointment. Um, then you need to focus your content on the people coming to your website and you need to make it really appeal to those people. And that means explaining things well on your website without getting too wordy. And that means making your website a reasonable number of pages, not 100 pages just because you think it's going to get you to the top of Google. Most people aren't going to read 100 pages of content on a website. Let's be real. Do you like realistically when you go to look, book an appointment with somebody, do you read like the hundreds of pages on their website if they have hundreds of pages or do you just look for the couple bits of information that you care about and then click book now? I bet the vast majority of you just skim the bits that, you know, that's most important to you. Oh, can this person help me? Yeah, they can. Okay, how do I book an appointment? Now, quick aside here on this 100 pages thing that I keep referring to, it doesn't have to be actually 100. That's just an example. Um, if you create a blog for your website and end up publishing lots of small articles about things your clients will be interested in, that's totally different than what I'm talking about here, right? What I'm talking about here is creating 100 pages purely just because you want Google to see you and, you know, finger quotes on see you because it's a robot, <laughs> And not because the 100 pages benefit your clients, right? Like you make a separate page for every single condition that you've ever treated. Like you have a whole page on carpal tunnel, even though you've only treated it once in the last four years. And you have a whole page on, on pregnancy. And you have a whole page on, I don't know, sciatica. And you have a whole page on like literally every single treatment type you can possibly think of. Even though you don't treat them very often, you, you make a separate page purely because you want Google to pick you up. Or you create five different pages dedicated to the same darn thing because, again, you, you want Google to see you. You don't care about how clients are seeing the, the content. You want Google to see you, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's not what I'm talking about. It's, uh, sorry, that is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the blog. If you have a blog and you create lots of separate articles, you know, say you're, you publish it once a week, once every few weeks, you write about something that your clients would be interested in and you end up with a lot of different pages of blog posts, completely different from what I was talking about when I say like, don't have hundreds of pages of content. Okay, just just to be 100% clear here. On that note, really quickly, by the way, just because I know this is something other people get stuck on, you don't need a 50 question FAQ or a page describing 75 different conditions you were taught to treat in school. Those are things you don't need. 
Most people will not read all that information. It is too much. It is just too much for their brain. Um, and 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 realistically, they don't care about like, say you had a fifty pay or fifty question FAQ. They really only care about maybe two of those questions, right? The vast majority of people. Um, so what I'm saying here is just to keep things simple, pare it down. It will it'll make your life easier too because I mean. Like we said, you only got so much time to create your website if you're doing a DIY, right? So why why put this work on yourself, putting like hundreds of pages of content? Pare it down to what is the most essential stuff. The stuff that people are going to want to read before they book an appointment with you so that they can make it an educated decision as to whether or not you're the right practitioner for them to see for what's going on with them. And then if they need more information about something, you can actually give it to them when they come to see you. You can email it to them or whatever, you know, um, you can tell it to them verbally. I get that educating is part of the job of any health or wellness professional or any professional really in general. I mean, that's why I have this podcast, right? But it doesn't have to go on your website. Some info, yes, but not every single thing that you can possibly think of. So overall, I think you all see the point here. At least I, I hope so. I know I got a little soapboxy. Sorry about that. I am passionate about this stuff. This is why this is my career. You know, but I, I think you you know what I'm trying to say here. I want you to create a good number of pages with good information that will make people happy to click that book now button. But honestly, you don't need thousands and thousands of words to have a really effective website. Think about how people want the info to be arranged so they can find it. Don't worry as much about Google. Yes, SEO is important, but not as important as attracting clients, right? So the next thing I want to mention is there needs to be a balance between photos and text on your website. So I find that people doing a DIY website either want to have all photos and very little text or they write pages and pages and pages of stuff like I was talking about a second ago and then they go find three stock photos and call it a day. But in the end, you want your website to look balanced, right? So try to have some photos mixed in here and there along with some white space in order to kind of give things breathing room. It makes it much easier for people to look at your website and find the information they need, right? Because again... Most people will skim. So you want to make it skimmable. You want to make it kind of easy on the eyes, right? And on that note, in terms of like putting space around things, making it skimmable, etc., it's also important to think about things like how your logo can be incorporated into your website or where the best spot is for your online booking widget or buttons. You want those to be in a place that makes sense for the client and is also pleasing to the eye. So it's not a good idea to plop like 50 of them all on the same page. I'm, I'm being a little over the top here, but I do see this happen where people like put a book now button after almost every paragraph. So that's a little over the top. I don't think people need that. But um, on the other hand, you know, you do want those things to be easy to find, right? So sometimes putting a book now button in the header or the footer or, you know, a specific spot on your website uh, is the most helpful thing, right? So the final thing I'll mention on written content is this. Do not cut and paste. Do not cut and paste. Do not copy another website, even if it's the website of your association or regulatory body, for those of you who are regulated health professionals. 
I am 100% serious here. I am not joking. Cutting and pasting does nobody any favors. People are smart. People will notice your text seems like it was taken from a bunch of different resources and was just cut and pasted and kind of looks like it was cobbled together, you know, or reads like it was written from a textbook, which is often, you know, association websites don't have sort of a, a nice tone to them. They're just very textbook reading, which is completely fine. It's just you're looking to attract clients, not educate a profession, right? It's a different purpose. It just looks off is basically what I'm saying. Or, you know, often people will go, you know, I think I've read this before. And then they realize it was on the other two massage websites they were reading or chiropractic or physio or whatever. Because all three websites just cut and paste the text from their association. And that does not look good on any of you. You know, I'm not finger pointing at the at you, the listener. I'm saying that, you know, it doesn't look good on anyone who's doing that. Um, so here's another example from my own life. Um, a while back, there was a discussion on a Facebook group, my man. And there was this strange text that somebody found on a local clinic website. The reason how they found it, or the reason why they found it, is because that clinic was hiring massage therapists. And everyone's thought, they were like, they were like, what is this text? It just sounds so weird. Like, it doesn't even make any sense to me as a, as a massage professional, a massage therapist. And everyone thought it sounded off. You know, maybe the general public wouldn't have noticed it. Maybe people who have had lots of massages would notice, but maybe not everybody. But in any case, I Googled it. I cut and paste the text and I Googled it. And I found that there was a whole bunch of different clinic websites that came up, most of them chiropractic websites. And as it turned out, there was this one marketing and design company that was literally cutting and pasting this text from somewhere and putting it on all the various clinic websites that they were creating. So not only was the text weird, it was literally unoriginal and cut and pasted and just it looked so bad so that's weird right that's not the impression you want to make with people sure not everyone will notice it's absolutely true but a lot of people will especially like I said if you if it's not just a single sentence on your website but it's like most of the text is just cut and pasted from elsewhere so while you know it is okay to cut and paste some small things so, for example, if you really wanted to have the clinical or legal definition of your profession on your website, that's important to you. Like you wanted to have the legal definition of what massage therapy is or what chiropractic is or whatever. That was it's just in, it's something you really want to see on your own website. That's OK to cut and paste from your regulatory body because it's just a single sentence or two. You know, it's not a big deal. But otherwise, for the whole rest of the website, please just write your own text. Please don't just copy someone else's stuff. You can use other people's website as, as inspo. That's absolutely no problem. But don't take their stuff verbatim or take it and just change five words and be done with it. It's like when you were in school. That is still plagiarism. Create your own content and it will appeal to the right people. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, some of you might be listening to me and go like, Candace, like, why the hell are you even saying all this cut and paste stuff? It's because I see it happen a lot. I often have to ask clients to please not send me things that are literally cut and pasted from their association because they're literally cut and pasted from their association, <laughs> like the entire page. <laughs> and and I get it. I get why there's the temptation to do it, especially if you're not a writer. I completely understand. But it just is very unprofessional. That's what I'm saying. So you have to, I'm more than happy to work with them to change it. 
And, you know, if you need help with your text, maybe have a friend who's a good writer help you, your partner, um, whoever, someone in your life who's a good writer. But just just don't cut and paste unless it's one small thing that makes sense to cut and paste, like a legal definition or something. Also, um, by the way, before I get into my last topic on for this today, which is photography, um, it is okay, by the way, if you're having a privacy policy and you, by and large, cut and paste the privacy policy and just change the bits and pieces that that apply to you. That is totally fine because I, I get it. You know, privacy policies are legal documents and they're a pain in, at least I think, I think the lawyers out there would say, yeah, they're legal documents. If they're not, they're supposed to be treated like a legal document. So in, in any case, I get why you would cut and paste that. But otherwise, you know, don't don't cut and paste other people's stuff. So let's move on from this because I think I've talked way too much about this. Let's talk about photography for a second. So the number one thing is it's always best to take your own photos when you can. Now, I realize right now we are in the middle of a pandemic. It does make it more difficult to have somebody come in and take photos. But if you can manage it, whether it's a friend or, you know, you've got a photographer who's figured out a way to do it in a safe way, wearing masks or whatever, make sure you've at least got a photo of, say, yourself for the about page. It can be a headshot. It can be a more like a, a lifestyle photo, whatever. So just something nice for your about page. A photo of your treatment space of some kind. And then, you know, a few other photos that show what your location looks like, whether it's, you know, the outside of the building, the inside of the building, you know, whatever. If you have a purely online practice, you can still do these things. Just make sure to show photos um, that kind of give people a sense of how you work, you know. So maybe showing the outside of your house if you work from home is not appropriate. In fact, I would not recommend that just for your own safety. But certainly you could show, you know, what your chair looks like that you, you know, this is like, this is the little space in my office where I set up and, and talk to you. And this is what it looks like when I when I pop up on on the video, you know, this is what I look like wearing my headphones and all kind of thing, just to give people a sense of what it's like to work with you. However, you can't take your own photos. Or if you need some extra photos to fill things out, and both of those things happen, there are some great photography resources out there now. It's not all just cheesy photos of women with flowers in their hair. And I know years ago, that's all it was, you know, for any or or it was photos, super cheesy stock photos of like models dressed up, quote unquote, like doctors with stethoscopes posing super cheesy. I know years ago, that's literally all you could find for medical or wellness photography. Oh, it was awful. These days, there's a lot better stuff out there, better, higher quality, more realistic stuff that can be used in both a spa-like or a clinical environment. Um, there's also photos that realistically show like acupuncture treatments or kinesio taping or like range of motion treatment or deep tissue massage that actually looks realistic and doesn't look like somebody's just tickling someone, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. Pilates class, teaching a Pilates class, all those types of things. You can find good stock photography of all of that now. So I'll put a link in the show notes for some resources for you all. If you are following me on Instagram, I'm happy little biz there, by the way, you might have seen this link before, but I'm going to share it here because I think it's important when you're building a DIY website to have some good photos. And one last thing in photography before I sign off here. It is good to think about the photo orientation when you're choosing your photos. So header photos generally need to be landscape. So that is longer than they are tall. And other photos like a bio picture or anything that's sort of beside the text, 
Those can be either square or they can be more a portrait orientation. So that is taller than they are wide. So try to keep that in mind when you're looking for photos or taking photos. Sometimes people choose a whole bunch of photos, but they're all portrait photos, which makes it a little harder to use them, say, if you wanted to do it as a header photo, right? So keep in mind, try to find like a selection of photos that are both orientations or like that can be cropped really nice into a square. Um, it'll just make your, your website uh, look a lot nicer when you're trying to build it up. So that's it for today's episode. This was longer than I expected, but you know, um, the content is actually a really important piece of the website. It's actually more important than the design. And it's not to say that, it's not to say that like the aesthetic of the website isn't important. It absolutely is. But it's just, you need to have that content figured out and you need to make the design of the website so all you know where things are on the page and how it's spaced out and the fonts you choose and everything really highlight that content really make that content stand out rather than doing it the other way around so that's why we talk about content first and that's why I've recorded over 30 minutes on this episode talking about it with you. So in summary, when it comes to creating your website content, let's go over it real quick. Number one, create content for your key audience, not just for Google robots. And make sure you know who that key audience is. Who are your ideal clients? Who are you trying to attract? Number two, as we just hinted at, Google is fine, but don't write your website just for Google and SEO. Number three, don't copy someone else's website or text verbatim. Number four, make sure you have some nice photos to balance out your text content. And number five, you do not need 100 pages or dozens and dozens and dozens of photographs to have an effective website. So next week, we move on to part three. And as you might have guessed, we are talking about the actual design, the actual aesthetics of the website. How do you want your website to look? So stay tuned for that. I'll be back with you next week. And until then, take care and good luck with building your website. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there, as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.